serious news, seriously entertaining. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, 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 happy Monday. This portion of the amazing show is brought to you by Parker and Sons, Plumbing Electrical, two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Awards. All right, so we got an election. We got a mid, big midterm. We just got through the primaries, the general election. The general. Up ahead, and one of the big seats, Secretary of State. Joining us in studio, Adrian Fontes, the Democratic candidate for Secretary of State. Remember, he was the former Maricopa County recorder. Adrian, how are you today? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Happy to be here. Now, you don't curse on the show like you did the last time. I didn't last time. Oh, the you, set, tried yeah. to, you tried to bait me last time. I did. The time before that, I could. Right. think if you, in between, when we were just sitting here, they it was firing it, it off. Was it's, it's fiery, great. and there were some four-letter words flying around here. I will tell you this right now. Had you not said anything, <laughs> something might have slipped. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's, let's get into it. Has the Secretary of State office ever been this important? Because yes. now we have election yes. deniers nope, that are trying been. to get in. It's always been important. It's always been important, and we've never had the external pressure and the external nonsense happening. That's the difference here. It's not that suddenly the Secretary of State and all of the basic core functions of elections and government aren't important or they became important. The injection of doubt, the injection of chaos, the injection of uncertainty by some groups of people have elevated a normal function of government into something that they'd willing, they're willing to question at the expense of our civil society. Now, they're the ones that made it a big deal. Uh, it was always a big deal, but they're the ones that made it controversial, I guess. Well, that's because everybody is paying attention to it, right? Before, nobody knows what any of this stuff is, and all of a sudden, boom, now everybody knows who the Secretary of State is and who the person who runs the elections in their counties. Uh, that's huge pressure because you're like, hey, you know what? This last thing went so good in Maricopa County, I think it like do it for the whole state. Yeah, well, I mean, it, this is the system that we built, and it did go very well, and it went very well because people just did their jobs Except like we did in 2020. In the <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know, I can, I, I can cook up all the all the stories I want as well if I'm going to get paid to do that, but the reality is the good people who ran the election, the, the, the Republicans and Democrats who were at the vote centers, who sat next to each other doing the adjudication, who drove the trucks and transported ballots together in bipartisan teams, they did their job. Yeah. They did their job under our leadership. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that they're still doing their job. In fact, Maricopa County just pulled off another phenomenal election. So kudos to Stephen and uh, the, the Board of Supervisors and all their team. So you're commending Stephen Richer, and he beat you in the last election. Boy, well, politicians well, so don't do what? that. I know. I do. I'm not one of those. Look, I'm not a sore loser, yeah. right? We ran a great election. I did my job, and the voters wanted to go in a di- different direction. So what? Yeah. Right. It's not like I'm married to the job in the first place. And it's not like I own the job. I don't get my identity from politics, by the way. Interesting. That's one of the things that I think a lot of people in public service, they're like, oh, I have to have this job. And they take it so personally. It's like you are entrusted for a term of office. And if the voters change their mind, they get to pick. It's not your choice. It's theirs. And so anybody that just insists that they have to be in the office, they don't understand America. Hmm. Adrian Fontes is joining us, Democratic candidate for secretary of state. You speak like somebody from a bygone era that was like, all right, I'll run for president, but I really don't want to. I got other stuff. You know, I got a farm. I got a bunch of stuff going on, but these yahoos can't, you know, back in the old days, right? You go back and even up to Truman, like Truman's wife's like, I'm going home. I, I thought you were talking about Truman. Stuff, yeah. Right? You know, that was one of those things where you you sound very bygone era-esque. 
Well, look, that's what built America, right? Yeah. The idea that you would serve for a time if the folks chose you to serve. And you would compete for the office, of course, you know, just like playing stickball as a kid or, 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 or any other sport. You have the competition. Folks pick. Whoever wins, wins and serves, and that's that. And if they want to change horses, they can do that. That's up to the people. I believe that the power of America rests in its people, not in its politicians. I believe that the people ought to be paying attention to the budget processes at their local school districts, at their counties. I think that the people ought to be paying attention to municipal actions and ordinances. I think the people of America... What said, it's not sexy. That's it. Well, I don't care if it's not sexy. But that's the whole thing. You know what? Neither is paying taxes. How many television shows? Well, look, at the end of the day, we don't live in a reality television show. We live in reality. Yes. It feels like we live in a reality television show. It didn't used to. It didn't used to when the adults were in charge. Mm-hmm. We don't have adults in some of these spaces anymore, and it's about damn time we bring some some normalcy, some reasonableness, some fairness into this. Look, and we can agree to disagree on different issues. You and I don't agree on everything. Sure. No. But don't. at the end of the day, we're going to sit here, have a reasonable conversation, and I'm going to try not to throw some F-bombs on your show. Yeah. You did say damn, though, just now. What, did I? Yeah, it's okay. That's oh, all right. Oh, uh, right. Adrian Fontes is joining us, uh, Democratic candidate for Secretary of State. Uh, Mark Fincham, Republican, he is your uh, opponent. Um, you know, listen, like, he's not a household name. I mean, you're, are you a household name? No. I don't think so either. No. I'm it doesn't not. mean that you didn't do a good job when you were former, you know, Maricopa County recorder, but I mean, for the people who don't know Mark Fincham, your opinion of him is what? Not very high. And that is based on evidence. It's based on the fact that he has lied to people. It's based on the fact that he grifted off of the big lie and earned uh, or took a bunch of money from a bunch of Americans all over the country to support the subversion of confidence in our public officials and the private citizens who helped run our elections. Um, There's a whole bunch of other reasons. But, you know, the bottom line is uh, he doesn't want people to vote by mail which is a tried and true method in Arizona. He has the temerity, the ignorant audacity to say that we should go to hand-counting ballots. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, and it's based on the lie. Mm. And so, you know, I, I just, there's so little good things that I can say about him. I like to be generous to human beings. I like to give people their fair due and treat them with decency. But when their motive is to destroy confidence in Americans... And to have Americans turning against one another because of a lie, I, I don't have a lot of nice things to say. Talking to Adrian Fontes, a Democratic candidate for a Secretary of State. Uh, you know, the big lie. It, it was crazy. It was nuts. We could sit here. We can, we've played this game for way too long. The reality is, though, when you see a lot of these people, you talk about the identity people get in this stuff. You know, it's, uh, people, they live in a world of identity based on their, their positions. How many of them really believe the big lie and how many of them were terrified they were going to lose their identity? I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is this. The big lie caused Americans to turn against their neighbors. And that's always bad. It caused Republicans to turn against their own party, which, you know, you can disagree with your own party. Heck, I disagree with my party a lot. But when you start mistrusting real people who have taken an oath to serve and follow the law and you have no proof to back up those doubts, that mistrust, that chaos, 
that you're creating, it's bad for business, it's bad for arts and sciences, it's bad for education, it's bad for medicine, it's bad for every sector of our society, and here's why. Because elections are the golden thread that run through the fabric of our society and hold it together. You pull that thread out, the entire society disintegrates, and that's what these guys are creating, and that's why I've fought so hard against it. All right, Adrian Fontes in studio, Democratic candidate for Secretary of State. Uh, When we come back... I'm going to ask you, is, uh, is Democrat Katie Hobbs strong enough, in your opinion, to take on Kerry Lake? That's the next question we're going to ask Easy question. Easy question. Think about it. All right. More of the Gatos and Chad Show coming up. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. A mashup of news, information, and entertainment. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. All right, Adrian Fontes in studio, Democratic candidate for Secretary of State. He's taking on Mark Fincham. Uh, and uh, Adrian, of course, was the former Maricopa County uh, recorder. Uh, you going to beat Fincham? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to beat him. You think Katie Hobbs is going to beat Carrie Lake? She can. Is she strong enough to take on Carrie Lake? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think of Hobbs? Oh, I think, you know, she's done her job well. Uh, she's been in politics for a minute, so she's got a lot of connectivity. Uh, a lot of folks have a lot of respect for her across the state, and I think she's, uh, you know, capable. Uh, and so, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. The voters are going to decide that one. Well, we, we, when we put her on, we, tried to, we talked about the border, and yeah. she was blaming Trump. And that was silly to me. So you're a Democrat. Tell me the border. So you're not going to tell me the border's fantastic. You no, know, the border's the border's not fantastic. But what sucks is the fact that so many people have been tricked into thinking that it's a complete abject disaster because it's not. Okay, look, I grew up in Nogales on Santa Cruz County. I remember a time when the chain link fence went only a mile in either direction from the point of entry. That desert was pristine. The wildlife was great. Everything happened really well. I remember a time when people could get together and figure out how to solve problems like labor shortages and trade uh, and be reasonable about it. And I remember when folks from Arizona would go to Washington, D.C., just like folks from California, New Mexico and Texas and say, hey, we're the ones uh, who live and work on the border. Here's what we think. Hmm. But for some reason, uh, leadership has decided to surrender to some Midwestern nonsensical fear about an invasion that's not real uh, and then just cause a bunch of chaos. My, My hometown. Town's been militarized, and that's not good. You can't have three million people come across the border every year, though, and not know who a million of them are. Well, then why don't you take stock of who they are when they're coming over to do the jobs that Americans won't do? Well, if we can't capture them, the getaways were a million, they said last year, and we're on pace to break that this year. So if we can't get to them, uh, because let's be real, out there, especially as you know, like especially through Indian Reservation, it's virtually impossible. One takes off, you chase, five come through. That's a tough thing. We've got to have some, though, we can't catch and release all the time. There's got to be some form. I lived in Europe for 10 years. The hoops I had to go through to get my visas just to get over there was insane, let alone walk across, say, I want asylum. I say, well, come on into our country. You know, the, 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 I, I think the bottom line is this. We live in a global economy. We've got a global population. We've got global issues and global problems. And we're using sort of a 17th century attitude towards our borders. We have to be smarter. 
and I don't know what exactly the solutions are. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh, I'm an expert on the border because I grew up there. No. But what I am going to say is this. When we look at things as if we live in a very closed society, we're not paying attention to the reality of the world that we live in. So whether or not what you're saying uh, is completely accurate and is the attitude of most people is one thing. Whether or not we have leaderships that's smart enough and strong enough to see the present and the future for what it ought to be and move that discussion in that direction, we're going to be stuck having some 1946 argument. It's 2022. We need to grow up a little bit. We need to get some grown-ups in the room, and we need to at- attack these problems with intelligence and strategy looking forward. we got to stop looking backwards at everything. But you know nobody's going to do that because the money isn't the problem. The solution is never where the money's at. It's like the, you know, the problem's in the disease, not the cure. That's where all the money's at. Well, look, let's, let's talk exactly about the big lie. Right. I know a lot of these people are making a ton of money on the big lie because they'd rather have a problem than talk about real solutions if there are problems in the first place. And that is the main issue. We're not electing grownups. We're going and looking at this flash in the pan controversy and saying, oh, this is a huge crisis. And then people are capitalizing on the issue. They're not trying to solve the issue. And people are sick and freaking tired of the idea that the conflict is what matters. That's not real. We have to have smart people who are willing to stand up for intelligent solutions coming out of real-life circumstances, get the real data out there into the discussion, and that's where we move forward. We cannot continue to surrender to the soap opera attitude about the world. That's not how we solve problems. Adrian Fontes, Democratic candidate for Secretary of State. Uh, let's say you win. What's the first thing you want to do? I'm going to take whoever else is in uh, state government on a 15 uh, county tour so that we can make sure that every county election director, every county recorder, and every county board of supervisors has the ability to tell its state government what it really needs. Go to Pinal twice. (laughs) Well, you know, they've got to have the resources they need. They've got to have the expertise that they need, and the state government has to start pitching in. They cannot choke county governments and then point the finger at county governments when 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 they have problems, which is what I think happens. In, in Pinal County. You, you didn't hesitate when I asked you that question. You knew exactly what the first thing you wanted to do as Secretary of State. Because I'm ready for the job. Yeah. I'm ready to start on day one. I don't have to learn about how election systems in Arizona work. Hell, I built the biggest one that exists. Hmm. I don't have to learn about Pima County. I was the chief deputy recorder down there for the new county recorder's transition into office in 2021. I know these systems. I know that they need things. Every single one of those counties needs something different, but we got we got to pay attention to what they need, and we got to be big enough to listen. You think Carrie Lake, if she wins, you can work with her? You think she'll work with you? I will invite her uh, with an open heart and an open mind, and I, and I hope if she is the governor and I'm the secretary of state, I, I hope she'll accept. All right, Adrian Fontes in studio, Democratic candidate, secretary of state, former Maricopa County uh, recorder. Great to talk to you. You only said one kind of bad word, which was damn, but I'm going to let that go. <laughs> Becky Lynn was over there. She was Sorry to cringing disappoint a little you bit. Guys. I was hoping we'd have to dump it, but uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the line. Thanks, guys. All right, Appreciate Adrian it. Fontes. Uh, interesting conversation. Coming up next, uh, Becky Lynn has the news, but it's not your normal 3.30 newscast because uh, Chad and I are going to be in it. Oh, uh, good times. Yeah, that's going to be pretty good. We call it Holding Up the Headlines next. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air. 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. Well, 
Well, look at it. It's 3.30, and you know what that means. It's time for us to hold up Becky Lynn's headlines. Here we go. Here's our top story. Arizona votes. In the contentious race for Senate, one candidate is reaching across the aisle for support, and a political expert says it might be the perfect move to win the race. KTAR's Taylor Tesler is live in the News Center with the story. Yeah, Becky, Arizona U.S. Democratic Senator Mark Kelly announced nearly 50 Republicans and independents endorsed him for Senate, including mayors, business owners, and former Arizona politicians. KTAR political expert Mike O'Neill explains this is a common political move, but could secure him a win. I think these kinds of endorsements make a vote for Mark Kelly safe for a centrist, mainstream, conservative Republican who generally doesn't vote for Democrats. O'Neill believes Kelly most likely won't get any incumbent Republicans to endorse him because it could end their careers. Reporting live in the News Center, Taylor Tassler, KTAR News. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. I disagree with Dr. O'Neill. The only endorsement that has ever mattered in the history of endorsements is Trump. Yeah. No one has ever cared before who endorses who. No one no, cares. No, because they're all kind of the same, right? We know the unions are going to voice the Democrats. And, right. And these groups could have voiced the Republicans. It's the right. same. But when it comes to a singular person, there has never been anybody who's never. got that kind of sway. Never. That he is the kingmaker, at least for right now, with the Republicans. So Kelly can go out there and say, hey, I've got 50 Republicans endorsing him. I don't think people care. No. I don't think people. I think the only the only time people care about who's endorsing someone is when it's Trump. Now, if Trump comes out and endorses you, well, then we'll talk. There you go. And that won't happen. We're holding up the headlines. I will sign it, which now constitutes the official canvas of the August 2nd primary election. Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs certified the state's primary election results after three weeks of work by election officials. The Secretary of State says the primary election got Arizonas to the polls in record numbers. There were about 1.5 million ballots cast in this election, and turnout was 35%. That's a 20% increase from 2018. Hobbs says the winning candidates, of course, will appear on the November ballot, which you will have until October 11th to register for if you want to vote. She's running a terrible campaign. Yeah. She's not running a good campaign. Ew. We've said it for weeks. She's hiding. She's not talking. Um, you know, I saw her uh, on Twitter the other day and she had put up a picture of uh, the drag queen that uh, Carrie Lake was friends with. Yeah. And so Hobbs is in a picture with the drag queen saying uh, something like, uh, uh, hey, I booked her for you know my next birthday party. And I'm thinking, do you? What does this have to do with anything? Who cares? Yeah, I know it's Twitter. You don't care. Who cares? She has got. She has got to start taking a stand. Start looking strong. Uh, Visible. Be visible. Yeah, she is. She is invisible right now. Absolutely. All right, we're holding up the headlines. KTAR eyes on education. Teachers spending their own money on their classrooms will now have a chance to apply for funds. The Arizona Department of Education has a total of $5 million in grants to give away. Teachers can access up to $600 a piece for classroom supplies or classroom projects. State Superintendent Kathy Hoffman encourages teachers to apply online by visiting azed.gov slash teacher grants. This comes as a recent report finds that teachers, on average, will spend $820 dollars out of pocket for their classrooms this school 600 year. bucks a joke teachers spend i know this because i'm married to one uh 600 a year on stuff is not even close you're talking a few thousand easy easy 
I mean, that's just what it is. So, I mean, yeah, I guess 600 bucks, you, you know, you get a portion of it back. But anybody who thinks that it's better teacher, than nothing. Yeah, but it's it's not close to, you know, it's not it's not even close. No, if you're out two to three thousand dollars, you get six hundred bucks back. It's not. It's not very good. But it's better than being out two or three thousand. Well, you're as supposed out to be two thousand. Yeah, but it's better than being. You know what they say, eight hundred fifty bucks right around there. The yeah, average they should Yeah, on average, on average, eight hundred and twenty dollars out of their pocket. So, so mm. some people probably spend a lot less because maybe their places has m- more stuff. Other people probably spend a lot more. So there you go. I mean, it's better than nothing, though. It's almost nothing. I think it's way too low. All right, we're holding up the headlines. Phoenix's bus system could look a lot different in a few years with new state-of-the-art energy-efficient vehicles coming as soon as 2024. (laughs) KTAR's Colton Krolak is live with more on the story. The city of Phoenix will receive $16.3 million from the Federal Transit Administration for a greener bus system. This grant will allow us to invest in some of the most advanced buses in the country. We'll be able to reduce our emissions so that you can have a cleaner ride. Phoenix Mayor Kate Gallego explains the city is unique due to its size and climate, and testing these zero-emission buses here can give valuable information to the rest of the nation. Reporting live, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. Ooh, how exciting. Can have buses that are... uh... Very quiet and very, 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 very smog free. Is that what it is? That goes along with our $15 billion choo choo train. We're moving on up, people. Next thing you know, we'll have horse and carriage. Why don't you take some of that $16 million and give it to teachers for what they buy? <laughs> That's what I would But it's do. not a clean bus, man. It's not a clean bus. We're holding up the headlines. We do not want unsheltered people to go to jail. That's not what this is about. A group of 15 business owners are suing Phoenix over rising homelessness downtown. Their attorney, Elon Worman, joined Arizona's Morning News and says the city's taking advantage of a 2019 federal court decision that ruled homelessness can't be criminalized if there is not enough shelter space. He says the current shelters are unfit and that the city doesn't fix them. Then the only solution we can think of is either to create overflow lots, which they used to have about until about five years ago, or these structured campgrounds. In a statement sent to KTAR, the city says while they can't discuss the lawsuit, they have set aside more than $120 million for homelessness programs. Um, it's uh, Are these businesses... Say, is it saying that, that the homeless population is hurting their business? Is that what we're looking at? The campground at? is um, kind of like, they're, they're saying the city is ignoring the campground and are, it's turning into... Are these businesses close it's to yes. the campground? It's turning into a gross, open-air insanity. Yeah. Yes. And we're going to spend $120 million? I guarantee it's not going to change a thing. We're going to blow... A, there is an in, a, a homeless or, or what do you want to... What do they call them? Uh, uh, unsheltered uh, industrial complex that lives off tons of grant money and rarely do they fix anything whatsoever mm. and it is that sucks it sucks and yeah, we're not alone this is all over the united states absolutely uh but we haven't figured out what to do here and that that campground i don't even know what to call it it gets bigger every day it's very sad but the other part of it is if i'm one of these businesses like who wants to come down there yeah where you park um you know, you're, you're walking around. Do you feel safe? I, I don't know. You're stepping over people sometimes it's in the very, morning to get into your place. You're worried about your kids. Yeah. You're, you know, the younger people that are opening up the place in the morning. No, no, 
Now, holding up the headlines. Okay, you might want to put down your coffee for this one. Okay. There's concern that the already high price for coffee is mm-hmm. about to go way up. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that extreme weather conditions are affecting the crop in some top producing countries. Inflation and supply chain issues also to blame. The average price for a pound of coffee today is $6.11. A year ago, it was $4.56. So that means those lattes are going to cost you a lot more. Of oh. course, if you want to save money, you can skip the coffee shop and make it yourself at home. You're going to pay more for coffee at the supermarket still, but it is still cheaper than drinking out. That's ABC's news uh, business and economics correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis. She missed it. She could have said those things would cost you a latte more. <laughs> a latte more. You know what I'm going to have to do? You're a coffee drinker. I am. Me remember too. when the uh, pandemic started and the toilet paper, you know, got... You're going to hoard coffee. No. Uh, remember, I, I, I changed my uh, bathroom habits and, and held it until I got to the radio station so I could use the toilet paper here. It was cheaper. Same thing. I'm going to start drinking the coffee here. See, I've always got an answer for stuff. You They're do? fine with you drinking the coffee here. That's why they have it. Okay, but I'm just but saying what? it's going to help my wallet. What if it goes up so high we don't have it here anymore? Well... Then what are you going to do? I'll quit. I will boycott. Over coffee? Yes. All right, that's it. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news at 3.30, and uh, we, uh, we're, we're giving our comments about it. That's it. Yeah, okay. that's what we do. Coming up uh, at 4, remember, midterm mayhem. Uh, the economy, no longer the top issue in the election. We'll tell you what that is at 4. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news, seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. Three Arkansas law enforcement officers have been removed from duty after this video showing them hitting a man outside a store in Mulberry, Arkansas, was posted to social media. All right, so that's where I saw it. I saw it on social media. You got three officers, and, you know, this is, again, it's one of those videos where you don't see what happened before. You only see what happens when the cops get them. But the one thing that ran through my mind is they have this guy down on the ground, and they're still beating him. Yeah. And that was bad. They whooped up on him. Yeah, I mean, when you get a, listen, this guy may have spit at you, he may have even shot at you, or he may have done, but when you get, uh, when you get the guy on the ground, and there are three of you, and you get him on the ground, uh, because I don't like second-guessing cops, I don't know what happened beforehand, but after you've, after you've, you, you, you have him, you can't beat him. Yeah, they said you cannot Mr. do that. Mr. Worcester, Mr. Worcester here, uh, is 27, and uh, he apparently was speaking with the officers outside of a convenience store. Then he got into a, a physical altercation Not with one of the officers. Right. And but that's it, when the officer can go and defend him or herself yes. and put them, you know, put him down on the ground. But after you get him on the ground, you can't have three guys kicking and beating him. Yeah. So, uh, did you see it that way? I, yeah, because there was times I'm like, okay, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. Yeah. But it sure looks like they are taking this guy to task. And it looks like they've got his hands, you know, behind. Now, they do not have any body cams. It's a very small department. It's 150 miles outside of Little Rock. Shows you how small this place probably is. Mm. They probably have one body cam for the entire place. He's been charged with several different things. Oh, the guy's. Disgusting. Yeah. I'm sure he's a criminal. I get it. I don't feel bad for this guy. But, you know, as an officer, and you know this, I mean, we talk to cops all the time. They got to be better. Yeah. They got to be. And by the way, nobody's, no. maybe this is the first time, you know, you're listening, you heard this. Nobody's talking about this. 
No, this is a white guy. Nobody cares. Twenty-seven-year-old white dude. Nobody cares. He's a white guy on the ground. All right. Now, if it was a black guy or a Hispanic guy, then it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. What does that say about us now? Well, it says that we we'll, care more about the color of someone's skin in situations like this. And they'll come out and say, well, because of the police state and stuff, look, the reality is a bad cop's a bad cop. Now, I don't know what's going to take place. These guys have been suspended. Mm-hmm. Uh, both the, the, the head of the state, uh, Asia Hutchinson's come out and said, this is, you know, this cannot happen. This is disgusting. As well as their boss, who has said that they're going to, you know, they're going to look at everything. But if indeed that they have violated his rights, that they will be punished severely, as you would say at a time like this. Yeah. And remember, how many of, uh, you know, people, you know, hit the cop or then they struggle, right? And that you're, you know, you're on the ground, but you're still struggling. You're trying to avoid arrest and all that. Dude, this guy was done. Yeah. I mean, he was laid out. He was he was he wasn't fighting anymore. He said I use that anymore because he was fighting before. Absolutely. But he while he's fighting, then the cops have every right to defend themselves and take the guy down. But I want to just reiterate again, after you get the guy down, you can't you you, you can't do what they did. No. It was uh it was a beating that was uh it was big time. I yep. mean, he got uh, he had several cuts, abrasions. He's already got a lawyer. What about and, the people out there? They're saying, "Oh, boo hoo!" Oh, boo hoo! The you know the guy he probably deserved it. You know, well, there are people out people there saying, saying that, that for sure, no doubt. I mean, there's probably a lot of white people who go, "Well, don't be a dumbass. <laughs> don't attack a cop." <laughs> well, totally yeah, agree. There's no doubt. Totally agree with that. I think just because you attack somebody, though, once you get into a position where you have somebody who is, for all intents and purposes, in restraints or in custody or at least in a position where he is no longer a threat. He's neutralized. I don't think that you need to continue to knee him in the face yeah. and thump him. Yeah. But it, then again, don't do, you know, play no, a stupid I, game, win a stupid prize. Right. But we hold police officers to a higher standard. Absolutely. I always say this. I always start on the side of the cops and then go and then then go forward. I mean, what this guy did beforehand. Well, you know, we don't know because like everything don't. else, we only have one video at the time when things were the ugliest. They said he had a weapon with him, but the sheriff actually said he believes he gave the weapon to them before the beating started. Yeah. Which is not good. No. You neutralize the guy. You don't have to beat him. Beforehand, if that guy wants to fight, I get it. Yeah. But after you get him down, you got to quit thumping him. Even the UFC, man. The minute you're out cold, those guys jump in really quick and make sure they wave their arms. All right. Up next, midterm mayhem. Mayhem. Apparently, the economy is no longer the top issue in the upcoming election. We'll tell you what it is next.